It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. podcast, the English-speaking podcast about all things Atleti. Quite a roller coaster of the week for Atletico Madrid. Uh, first, they uh, traveled to San Mames uh, to face Athletic Club, a very, very uh, challenging and uh, difficult away game. Uh, and they managed to uh, return to Madrid with all three points after a fantastic performance. Uh, really gave us shades of the uh, prime Atleti uh, years under Simeone, uh, 2014 till 2016. Uh, incredible defensively, uh, solid work uh, offensively, and took the one chances uh, took the one chance they had. Uh, of course, it makes it more fitting that it was Antoine Griezmann that grabbed the goal, uh, and then. Uh, there was the home game against Rayo Vallecano. Uh, another incredible Antoine Griezmann uh, performance. Unfortunately, uh, while Atleti did grab a goal and had so many chances uh, to kill the game, they didn't do it. And uh, Radamel Falcao, of all people, scored a late penalty to equalize for Rayo. Uh, and uh, Atleti had to just... Uh, uh, settle with only one point. Very disappointing result after what should have been a win. 
But again, uh, they travel to a tough uh, away uh, stadium uh, to face Betis. And what do you know? They got, grabbed all three points again. Uh, it seems like they, they have it easier away from home than at home this season. It's weird. And all of that will be discussed today and more. And here, of course, to discuss it with me is Emmanuel. How are you doing, Emmanuel? Well, I'm doing as great as Griezmann and Yuata. Very well. I mean, it's it's hard it's hard to be better than Griezmann is at the moment. Uh, he well well and truly back. Uh, it's uh, well. I mean, it's great enjoying uh, this type of performance from any player, but Griezmann in particular gives you a nostalgic uh, feeling because. Uh, we've seen that type of performance so many times. Uh, we enjoyed it a lot. And then, you know, he kind of ruined his legacy by joining Barcelona. But here we are again. And I'm really loving every minute of it. I mean, of course, uh, some people uh, rightfully are still bitter about this whole uh, situation that uh, we had with Griezmann. Uh, but, I mean, I'm just doing my best to ignore all of that and just enjoying him on the pitch. It's just a joy to watch. Uh, and yeah, uh, without further ado, please give us your thoughts about the uh, game against the Athletic Club. Well, uh, I won't just give a morality club, but I'll just give a rundown of what has been happening tactically in the past three games. So we have seen Aliti return to a flat back four and Aliti are playing a 4-4-2 with the wide midfielders playing narrow and in the game against Aliti club we had four CMs on the pitch and they play narrow in possession and then you have Chris Mann having a free role to kind of link things up, distribute progress and kind of contribute in the associative play in the final third. And without the ball, it's a 4-4-2 mid block that enables the team to alternate easily between a deep block and a pressing and for a pressing is the 4-4-2 aggressive press which we have seen previous in which we saw last season and kind of and i kind of said i would like to see more of that and we are hoping they are seeing it now and a, and a deep block which can be a 4-5-1 and a 4-1-4-1 with 5-4-5-4-1 which all depends on the personnel involved for example with Sawu playing and the left midfield you kind of have a 5-4-1 when Alitia in a deep block but in the case of Lema, you have a 4 1 4 1 with Columbia Witzel acting as the one in front of the back four. It's which the 4 4 2 has kind of offered a lot of solutions for Aliti offensively because you have a lot of, of you have a lot of solutions after Aliti win back the ball. And this kind of great because we win back the ball, even if we are in a moment of transition and we lose the ball, you don't have the game turning to an end to end stuff like it was the case last season. And that's thanks to the defenses. So let's see Aliti have. In recent games, and that's also thanks to Cholo because you have a 3 2 rest defense with Renudo forming a 3 3 with Jimenez and Savish, and you have um, Wittel and Columbia in front of him. That's when Koke does not play, but with Koke is a 3 1. <coughs> Excuse me. And talking about the game against Aleti in particular, what was really impressive from Aleti was the fact that they were, they were able to keep. Athletic clubs player, most threatening players quiet. That's using numerical superiority in the case of Munyain, not allowing him to receive the ball and kind of take play for Athletic club and qualitative superiority by kind of 
coming out on top in 1v1s. You have Renildo who had a very outstanding game, keeping out Nico Williams and later on in Yaki, and you had Molina on the other flank, keeping out Berenger. So it was overall a very good performance from Aleti, especially from Renildo and Colombia. And in the game against Rayo, Rayo are kind of one-dimensional in their press, and they kind of use the width a lot, and Aleti kind of took that away from them, and they were too less even though they came out with the point and the Rayo and the Athletic Club game because they were asked a lot of similarities because you have Rayo and Athletic, they are two of the best pressing sites in La Liga and Athletic kind of use long balls with central overloads to win the second ball to bypass that press. So in the game against Athletic Club, there were moments in which Athletic kind of played out from the back, but they kind of gave position away which which led to Athletic Club maybe causing danger, but thanks to Renildo for blocking most of the danger and you had Chulo on touchline screaming and shouting to go black to play long to play long and that was really 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 it really worked out for Aliti in those two games apart from the fact that Aliti kind of conceded a champ position to Rayo and allowed Rayo back in the game. And in for in the game against Betis, I think it was really key because Betis were missing two of their most creative players in Canales and Fake Fake started on the bench and when he came on so had things changed for Betis but you had William Carvalho, who has been the one pulling the strings for Betis recently, and his fight is a more kind of battle with Colombia in the middle of the pitch, and was really an interesting one to watch throughout the game, and Colombia kind of topped it, and Aliti also restricted William Lee receiving the ball centrally, and that was really great. The 4-4-2, going back to the 4-4-2 has been great because it's brought the best version out of Griezmann, and you have Griezmann dropping on and off the ball, and that's something Chulo my opinion wanted from Felix, but Felix kind of contributed a lot with the ball, but not so much of the ball. So going to this back to this formation and thing is bringing the ball out of so many players out of the team. We are seeing Molina performing better after he had those private sessions with Cholo after the international break. But now, just by the fact that Alicia has found success, they have been some worries because in the game against Betis, one of the things I like so much was the fact that despite the fact Alicia scored. The opener did not do they did not play or made an approach the same thing or this sorry, excuse me they did not do the same thing they did against Rayo in kind of consistent territory and possession but they kind of went for the second goal and they had that second goal through Griezmann who we are going to discuss later on in the podcast and that was kind of good because you kind of as you saw you saw the initiatives of the team trying to even defend with the ball at times and trying to take this thing out of the game because you have bitches they are at home and their fans are behind them and they get a goal, then it makes things difficult, and they did get a goal through Fake and that kind of makes things difficult. But one of my, my main issues with going back to the 4-4-4 is that it kind of makes Aleti presentable in attack. When I say presentable, because Atleti attack a lot through the right hand side because you have players who favor that side, you have Griezmann, you have Korea, you have Molina, and Moratas runs through the channel kind of towards the right. So you kind of have the team attacking more towards the right. If you look at the shots in the Betis game, majority of them came from the right hand side and that allows the left hand side to less this is because we are not seeing there's no there's no run from the full back for a switch of play to arrive to him well Renido is doing good but that's not his fault because Cholo kind of prioritized and let's be solid when they lose the ball but for example you are, they are doing there are so many cases in the three games that's against Rayo, Aleti Club and Betis against Aleti Club no width because you have play is congested on the right hand side and when the play is switched to the left hand side 
there is no win. Oh, should Lima have the more on the left hand side? That's the case of Athletic Club. You have no overlapping or underlapping run for him to kind of impact the game. And the game against Betis it was a similar thing. Saul was kind of the man to do that. But you since the midfield, the wide midfielders are narrow, so that if Athletic win the ball, they are able to combine well with Prisman and kind of progress the ball. Oh, for his, and but now you have Saul in the middle and when Aliti win the ball or they try to sustain possession in the final third of the position, you have nobody to switch the play to and that's kind of an issue because when Aliti will be playing against teams that sit deep, in the case of say Mallorca or Cadiz, you kind of want to stretch them up and if you are kind of one-dimensional or maybe playing just on the right-hand side, that can be tough. Though we saw Aliti being able to play their way through Betis defense for Christmas second goal, which was very very nice and a recurring thing for Aliti this season is Aliti are winning the ball back. I talked about the fact that the four four to enable Aliti to easily win the ball back and have more solutions for. But now the decision making after winning the ball is not great. The passes are not great. Even when we are in possession, some of the passes are really sloppy. And I'm going to talk about Morata for example. Given the way Aliti are playing, in my opinion, Aliti need that Diego Costa like type of strike. I'm talking about the Diego Costa you saw. The 2014 the Diego Costa will play alongside Falcao. That's what the guy will need because in my opinion, Morata is like I was not I would say I want to say cry baby something of that sort because you kind of seem complaining to the referee a lot about certain things and which I'm not really really happy because you have times in which he is able to receive the ball and if he can circulate the ball to the other side, be that's to the flags and not a little case in the chat, but he kind of holds up the ball waiting for someone to leak link up with centrally and they are option but i don't know what he's looking for and you kind of have him losing the ball and that leads to transition from the openness it was very clear in the game against bt and that kind of get me frustrated a lot because there were so many instances i think three if you reach he can just take a touch and circulate the ball today let's crowd this side on the can create something from that so so far i think given the way Alita are playing it, it seems Cholo is happy with the way this team is playing because i think this change is coming from defeat against real madrid because real madrid kind of elated also kind of used Cholo simo to win a derby against us despite the fact that they use the ball better than us and we have seen a lot of change from Cholo. and this performance is only is like kind of giving me hints that we will have so many sales next summer very nice um so there, there are a few things, uh, a few uh, things I'd like to add uh, to what he said. Uh, first of all, I mean, I mean, it's very obvious that uh, Atleti need quite, a, uh, quite some work in the in the market. Uh, addressing the issues, obviously, the defense being one of them. Uh, while I mean, uh, the team has been solid defensively uh, in in the last few matches. Uh, but that's we know the reason it's because uh, Jose and Savic are both are both available and I mean you know that's unfortunately not gonna last uh, they both are you know very prone to injuries uh, I mean I I'm praying that it lasts as long as possible uh, I'd be the happiest man in the world if it does uh, but uh, a center back obviously is priority uh, there's also the uh, uh, you know, a, a defensive midfielder. While uh, Witzel is doing great, and uh, obviously Kondogbia uh, defensively is great on the ball, there's plenty to complain about. Uh, and we saw it on display uh, against Betis. Uh, he 
I mean, it's such a stupid mistake. Uh, he had so many chances to clear the ball, but he lost it, gave it away in a very tough position. Savage, uh, sorry, Saul was forced uh, to make a foul and Fekir scored uh, from the resulting free kick, uh, which allowed Betis into the game and, you know, forced Atleti into a tough situation. Uh, so, yeah, I, I think a, a defensive midfielder is still uh, very important. Uh, obviously, as a central midfielder, if Depaul does leave, and it's looking uh, more, it's looking more and more uh, likely to happen. Uh, we'll talk about the striker in a minute, and I think another player that uh, Atleti should get is either a winger, uh, a left winger. Uh, well, you know, obviously there's Samuel Lino, which also we'll discuss uh, later in the podcast. Uh, but a, a type of player that can play uh, also as a left wing back or a maybe a, uh, a left back as well. Uh, that that'd be very important for for Atleti uh, because of what you mentioned. Uh, there there's so much uh, focus on the right hand side. Uh, there isn't really a, a, a lot of uh, a lot of uh, you know threat on the left hand side at the moment uh but while uh this does make the the team a little more predictable uh, in attack i i don't call it a very concerning issue at the moment because uh, if you uh, look back into the prime days of atleti uh under simeone uh say the 15 16 season for example we saw that a lot it was uh concentrated at the left hand side at the time not on the right hand side uh most of the attacks were from uh coke combining with uh Felipe Luis and Rasco on the left hand side there's also Griezmann uh supporting them uh and this uh uh i mean it Atleti were attacking fine uh, back then, even though uh, most of the attacks were uh, concentrated on that side alone. Of course, there was Juan Fran ready to overlap if uh, Atleti wanted to switch sides. But uh, like you said, at the time, like in the recent matches, uh, it was a flat 4-4-2 with uh, inverted, uh, sorry, uh, with central midfielders playing as uh, as cent- as wingers, uh, Saul it was at the time. Uh, so I wouldn't call it a very concerning thing at the moment. Any counterpoint to that? This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Yes, um, you just mentioned that in the 2016 season we had renewed and if it's 
difficult on the left then we switch to the right but we don't have that at the moment and we talked about um, reality needing a wing back i think that is the reason why loads left and regular was brought in sadly he has been injured and hopefully he will be back soon because he has been training with the group and about the case of his defensive midfielder i think which is in regards to colombia and him being very sloppy in possession i think we have seen his best version when he plays next to a metronome or somebody who is very good in possession or has the possession heavy duty in the case of valencia you had parejo and Alaliti. we don't see such such mistakes very often because of okay but i think we didn't do even though retail is kind of good on the ball he's he lacks that mobility he had let's say four or five years ago and which which is something that can take the burden off Colombia because they are kind of similar players and like to have the ball around the same areas. But with Koke, you kind of have that difference in the fact that Koke kind of ventures forward and kind of reduces the impact. Because in the game against Rayo, majority of Colombia's possess all the ball activities were in Rayo's half, which kind of shows that he, which kind of shows that he had a lot of duty when Alitian with the ball, but. If you play him next to someone like Koke and that's the rest, and if they pull this, then that can be an opportunity for the club to bring in another defensive midfielder. But hopefully, they bring in someone who is as, who is very good on the ball and who can progress or carry the ball forward, who can switch play very good or who's very good on the ball. Because with Colombia, you have someone who likes to play Hollywood passes, and to be honest. I think him in possession is very limited and he should know that that's one of his weaknesses and he should try and keep it simple. Simple. I think that solves a lot of problems. And as for the striker, hopefully, Aliti solves that. But at the moment, Aliti are doing well, but I don't think, they will, given the way Aliti are playing, if they can convert their chances, if Cholo can bring this team, like the team of 2016, then I think this can be sustainable long-term. But that will also depend on the board because Adaliti, it is so difficult to talk about Cholo's tactics without mentioning the board because we are seeing how things are going for him at the moment and he's kind of playing a system that suits the starting eleven, but no majority of the squad, and which is which is why I said there will be a lot of departures in the summer. Hopefully, the board backs him up, and if he can do that, then he will be disproving me because, like I said, we are not into like I've said before, previous podcast. We are not in 2014 or 2016 where the defense is rock solid and we are rulers on the counter. And like we said in the game against Rayo, that was very evident. <clears throat> very well. Uh, and uh, lastly, I'd just like uh, you know to, to mention something. Uh, there was talk about the uh, uh, Jonathan Claus uh, a, a few days ago that his priority was to join Atletico Madrid in the summer. Uh, but uh, and of course he agreed the salary with the team. But uh, eventually, Atleti decided not to sign him. Uh, instead, signing uh, Molina uh, because uh, Simeone preferred him. Uh, and I think we're seeing why because uh, jo- Jonathan uh, Claus while is an excellent player, very similar uh, to Kieran Trippier, and uh, I mean uh, superb in attack. Uh, amazing playing as a wing back, but when he plays, uh, I mean, he's limited to playing only as a wing back. He uh, he doesn't perform as well when playing as a uh, 
as a right back in a 4-4-2 formation. And I think it's very clear that that was uh, on Simeone's mind in the summer. Uh, so Molina can play both positions. Uh, obviously, he had a rough start, but we've seen uh, we've seen him improve quite a bit uh, recently. Obviously, he can work a, uh, a little bit more on uh, uh, on his attack, on his crosses. But overall, uh, I think I'm very happy with uh, with Molina's performances recently, and you know, hopefully, he builds up on that. Uh, moving on, uh, let's talk about uh, let's talk about the man of the hour. Uh, Let's talk about the man of the hour, Antoine Griezmann. Uh, he's well and truly back. Uh, I mean, a joy to watch, like I mentioned at the beginning of the podcast. Uh, Emmanuel, uh, we saw his form last season, how poor it was. Uh, and suddenly this season, we were seeing the prime Griezmann once again. What changed? Uh, do, do you think it was just a personal thing with Griezmann, or do you think Simeone uh, played a role in that? Well, at that, before talking about what changed in this man, we can't just go without talking about him scoring a goal Olympico. And him, that's him scoring from a direct corner. And I kind of did a little, a little digging after getting the commentators talk about the goal Olympico, and it's the Spanish term for when a player scores, he scores from a direct corner and the term was coined in 1924 after an Argentine player, Cerezo Onzari, I think I, I pronounced that right, scored a goal in the same fashion. So that shows this man is at his best and he's like so confident, he's feeling at home and we are seeing this man in his prime years. Only the fact, only the only difference is now 30 years. And coming back to your question, um, I think a lot has to do with him feeling more welcome. I recall, I think against the Athletic Club, he kind of apologized. So I think last season, him coming back was, I would say, a transition season. I don't think much has changed, despite the fact that Chola has kind of swept the system and it now maybe suits him or gives him a lot of freedom. And, we are seeing the best for him. I think in the previous season, last season, sorry, he was not all that bad, even though he had bad performances. He had good spells, but in front of goal, he was struggling. And we saw that this season and that goal against Athletic Club is like the flip switch. And we are now seeing a peace man who does so much for the team. And he's just so, so great because you kind of see him He's constant, available for passes, dropping deep to progress play, being the, the accelerator when Alexi have the ball, being the first defender when Alexi does not have the ball. So a lot of things has to, it's not only, from my opinion, it's not about maybe the tactics or maybe him working extra, but it's down to how he feels. And I think he's, he feels more welcome because I kind of think he felt some guilt given the way he left the club and like you said, ruining his legacy and now he feels like he's done so much and his last season he talked about the fact that he will let his performances on the pitch win back the fans or talk for him and him apologizing publicly has also shows that he was really feeling a burden and he knows that he kind of let the fans down so in my opinion is the psychological aspect and also the emotional aspect and i think he has got that set it down and now we are seeing the best vision of Antoine Griezmann once again 
Very well. Uh, so that's five goals and two assists in five La Liga starts. Obviously, starts uh, doesn't tell the full story, considering he played six matches uh, for less than 30 minutes uh, when, uh, you know, Atleti hadn't paid Barcelona yet. And there was this whole mess. Uh, I mean, it's looking more and more ridiculous, uh, the more uh, the more Griezmann performs like this, because it feels like a waste uh, having a player like this uh, on the bench for 60 minutes a game. Uh, it, it was just ridiculous, this whole debacle. And I mean, I'm so glad it's, uh, I'm so glad it's solved, but at the same time, just feels bitter that we missed out on uh, some of that greatness we're witnessing at the moment. Uh, anyway, uh, you wanted uh, to add a point about Molina that uh, currently his uh, uh, passes playing from deep are reminiscent of the uh, Bulls Trippier used to play, uh, obviously, when Llorente uh, was on his side. Uh, would you like to say more about this? Well, I think you have said everything, but like you said, he just need more accuracy and I think with time he's going to come into the effect and given that he has Morata who is able to run through the channels and also have Kunya, I just imagine him. if we had Trippier then that could have been marvelous but we have Molina now and those his passes I think we keep seeing them every game he just needs to improve his timing and also improve the accuracy of it if we improve those two things then I think maybe we, we have an, our own um, creative defender from deep like Liverpool has with Trent Alexander not City with Cancelo, we have someone from City because given how the game has progressed, getting to the final third has become more difficult. And even when you get there to break them down, it's difficult. But when you have that player who can create from City, like Trippier for Aliti with his passes to Lorente, with his passes to the far post, then that's great for Aliti. So hopefully, he can improve his timing and accuracy. And then we have another chance creator added in the team. Very well. Uh, so, we, we talked about Griezmann uh, just now, uh, a player suffering uh, because of this, I mean, not uh, not directly because of it, but uh, it's uh, come into the focus recently, uh, and it's Joe Felix. Uh, I mean, uh, obviously there, there are uh, attitude issues and all that, uh, but uh, recently he hasn't been playing at all uh only maybe uh, being subbed on for a few minutes uh, in the game against uh, real betis and uh when he played he didn't really prove uh simeone's decision wrong uh, not to play him he was barely moving uh when when he did get the ball he <clears throat> most of the time lose it and uh, Betis would launch a counter-attack. He did have a, a, a great chance uh, at the end, uh, playing a great 1-2 with uh, with Cunha after driving uh, into the Betis area. And uh, obviously he was one-on-one, -on -one, a great save from the keeper uh, to deny him uh, the chance to, to kill the game. But, uh, uh, I mean, recently it's... Feeling like Felix just com is completely disconnected from the club, and uh, the rumors aren't looking so crazy anymore uh, about a possible departure. Uh, so, I mean, we talked about this before, but right now, with uh, with these, uh, uh, you know, with these updates, uh, 
I mean, how important is it for uh, Atletico Madrid to cash in on Felix at the moment? Well, I think it's so important because you have Griezmann performing, performing at his best and I don't think Cholo is ever going to drop Griezmann for Felix and though there's a possibility of us seeing both of them, I don't think Griezmann, I'm sorry, excuse me, Felix is suit for Cholismo because he has a lot of issues. The first thing, the first issue he has is the fact that for, for, for Cholo, he's or for most coaches, their attackers are always the first defenders. And for Alexis sitting in the mid-block, mid most of the time with two forwards, those forwards have to be very good at shielding passes into midfield. And with Felix, he's not the best at pressing because, like I said in previous podcasts, in the, in the Madrid debut, which he was, he had an awful performance. His pressing was not really the best. And there were times in which Real Madrid had to beat off from the back easily and had passes into midfield. And that was that down to him same thing against Valencia so there are a lot of things in which over the last three years I think I think he should have picked up like Lema for example Lema is a perfect is a perfect example he is a very good player on and off the ball now who he can stay free but for Phoenix I think he is a player that needs the ball for him to have an impact on the game unlike Griezmann and for Cholo I don't think that's really the case because in my opinion, if Felix is playing for, I don't know, Liverpool playing for Man City, then I think we might see a different version of him. I say might because you, are, you never know, and there are a lot of talks about his attitude and the rest, and it seems he's a young player, and obviously that is expected. But we don't know much because we are not in the just, you know, just rumors, and we are not sure of that. So, a little catching in on Felix's summer, in my opinion, can be gold mine given that the board can spend wisely because you can have say 100 million or maybe 90 for felix then that's a lot of money which you can take to solve the problems you need be in this fairly in defense and midfield and then the striker position so felix might be the the key or no let me say the key or maybe telling him might be the point where Alexia are able to rebuild or buy the player Chulo one i was very happy with the rumor about Cholo a little going for Molina because Cholo wanted him and I think there are a lot of signing within the squad which are not players of Simeone even though some people tell you otherwise but they are not his signing so what happens if the board can bring in those players Cholo feel like they can do well under Cholismo then that's fantastic and getting when I was talking about I'm seeing a huge sale in the summer given the way Alicia are approaching games now and I'm thinking of Felix I'm thinking of the polos are the two players I have in mind. So, Felix, maybe he goes elsewhere and he tries his luck and he's successful, then good luck to him. But I, at the moment, it's really tough to see him succeed a little. I'm not saying it's possible, but I think it's tough because he's a player that needs the ball to survive. And that was very evident in the in 2020 from August to December, where he saw the ball a lot and especially around the opposition final. Third. But at the moment, given the way a little play, more counter attacking approach. I don't think he will be able to to see that, except maybe Alexia playing against the likes of Cadiz Valladolid, who are sitting in the mid block and will try to hit Alexia on the counter. Very well. Um, so uh, and I mean the thing is, uh, Atleti don't even need a direct replacement for Felix. Uh, there's Griezmann, Correa, and Konya. I think that 
position is very well covered. So uh, if you know they're going for maybe a big money move, they can go all out on a striker uh, or you know uh, another important position. But I mean that that's the point. That's a, an important point as well. Uh, I mean, unfortunately, we say. Uh, you know, spend and get a striker uh, very, uh, you know, very nonchalantly. But uh, given the scarcity of those uh, of the top strikers at the moment, it's a, a lot tougher than just that. So, I mean, I don't know. Uh, hopefully, the team does figure something out by the summer. Uh, anyway, uh, let's uh, uh, let's move on and. Uh, Atleti with the wins against Athletic Club and uh, Real Betis have a, an outstanding record uh, away from home at the moment. Uh, they have uh, five wins and one draw uh, from six games. Uh, obviously, the one draw was against uh, Real Sociedad uh, in Anoeta, and uh, you could argue that they should have had all three points. Uh, Omar Saleh did score with his, with his hand uh, in that game. Uh, anyway, uh, wins against uh, Getafe, Valencia, uh, Sevilla, uh, Betis and Athletic Club, all tough uh, matches to play away from home. And uh, Atleti grabbing the win in all of those is stunning. Uh, so, I mean, you look at that record and you think surely... Uh, of course, uh, another thing I have to mention is that they only conceded two goals uh, in those six matches. Uh, one of them being a handball, but I mean, let's, let's not talk about that. Uh, and the other was uh, Fekir's free kick. Uh, and I mean, you look at that record and you think surely this team is fighting for the league. Uh, but unfortunately, uh, Atleti have the 13th best uh, record uh, at home this season. Uh, usually, they're uh, always in the top uh, in the top three at least uh, uh, at home. Uh, so they played five matches, two wins only, one draw against Rayo Vallecano, two losses, one against Villarreal, and one against Real Madrid. Uh, but uh, I mean. Uh, even in the, uh, I mean, you could argue that the losses are, you know, uh, not uh, not the worst thing ever, uh, given they're against Villarreal and Real Madrid, uh, both tough matches. But it feels like the team is so nervous playing at home. Uh, it's like uh, they have a, a very tough crowd to please. Uh, I mean, it's uh they're it's looking like they're more comfortable playing away from home at the moment and, and that's absolutely crazy that's never been the case uh in the uh un, under simeone at least uh so what on earth is going on what what what's the problem with the uh with atleti playing at home at the moment but uh, i think um, you saying Atleti have wins against Atleti club valencia it's impressive that you see like that doesn't really make it impressive, but saying Aleti has won at Estella, Aleti has won at San Mamers, Aleti has won at the Benito Villa Marine. I, did, man, I, did, I did mention all of those were away matches, okay? Yeah, okay. yeah, I know, but calling the name of the stadiums, I think, kind of give an idea maybe to the audience of the fact how difficult winning at those grounds are because those are some of the toughest grounds to visit in La Liga, and it's not easy going there, I think. Barcelona struggled for 45 minutes at Anueta, despite the fact that they came out 
with a 4-1 victory but a little when they are like you said they were supposed to win because in my opinion you can debate this all along that was a handball from Celtic and if that is given then surely Morata's goal should have been given but well it's in the past and let bygones be bygones and talking about the form the way Aliti approach games away from home and at home, I would say uh, different, but not so much different. And the issue is, away from home, the fans will accept the way they approach game better. At home, the fans will not accept that. Because I'll be very honest, I said I was not a fan of the way Aliti played against Girona and the way they played against Rayo at home. In my opinion, it is Rayo I know not the disrespect to them. They are a good side, but it is Rayo and at whom you have to dominate them. I know Cholo has this ideology of dominating games without the ball. That's true, but if the, what the fans want to see at home is the way they played against Club Bruges. But it seems the club has to be cornered and for Cholo to make the team play that way. And in my opinion, for me, that's a problem. Personally, I'm going to say I want, I would love to see a more proactive Aleti, but I don't think that's possible with Cholo and I've accepted that and if the team plays where the way they are, I am okay because I, for one, I like when they play well. And if they don't play well, then that's an issue. Because the way I see things is the way they approach game at home. And given that in the game against Villarreal, Aleti kind of fell into a lot of Villarreal's trap because Villarreal are kind of baiting Aleti to, into the press. And for Cholo, it's like waiting the mid block and let them meet you. But Villarreal know we are playing at home and you have power to rest passing the ball to really, really passing to power. And what happens that kind of annoys the fans and you get the fans trying to whistle or push the players and what happens now we have not prepared for a coordinated press and impressing what happens we leave gap centrally for power or rawa be able to play passes to kapoe or to play passes to pareo and that's the issue the approach in home has to be different and because the fans know we are not in 2014 we are not in 2016 we are the third best and biggest club in Spain at the moment. So they expect when we play against the likes of Girona, when we play against the likes of Rayo, they expect us to dominate them. And you know, if Aliti can play a 4-4-2 mid-block and Girona are able to have the ball, but they cannot progress, but you have Aliti playing a deep block for majority of the game against Girona, I don't think that sits well with the fans, but if you have them playing a mid-block and able to, for example, Put pressure on them or score many chances. I don't think you have the fans whistling them. And then, like you said, they have a crowd at home to please. And they, with the opposition coming in, and like example, in the game against Girona, a little kind of seeded territory and seeded possession. But in other games, I think away from home in Betis, at least seeded possession, but not territory. And they were wise in their presence, but that was not the same. So the issue is the fans are not happy, and that kind of gets to the player. And, it kind of creates a nervy feeling of pain in form of your home crowd, which is like we said on head of under the Cholo's era, Cholo era lately. So something has to change, and I think he has been saying that. But I think he should also know that playing like that in front of the fans kind of made the players nervy because they are going to whistle you, they are going to boo you because they are not happy, which is not great. Because even I at home, I get frustrated at times seeing us play that way in front of our fans. I like the approach against Club Bridge because we are at home. At home should be a fortress. Like you said, looking at the away form, we imagine it is a lady and their home form is always great. We imagine us to be in a better channel. It's true, we are in Barca, heads above, heads and shoulders above the rest of the league, but a lady should be making things uncomfortable for them and not making things easier for them by losing 
games at home or maybe dropping points at home because I'm saying so because I was really bitter after the Rayo loss because we should have killed that game. But the first 15 minutes of the second half is like we had no intent to even attack, and that kind of gave Rayo hope. And like they always say, when you're away from home, you keep it zero zero or maybe you keep the scoreline at one and. In the dying moments of last 15 minutes ago, and that was what I did. And Athletic gave them the space to do that. It's true, we could take some convert some chances, but we kind of let them feel that way, and that is an issue for me. And that is why I think the home form is the way. For example, 10 goals caught away to consider that's the ability Cholo likes at home, eight goals caught, seven considered, and we have two wins, one draw, and two defeats, like you said. That's seven points at home, six, 16 points away. So away, we have the Aliti Cholo like under at home. We have the Aliti of last season. So something has to change for this team to move forward because the likes of Villarreal, Betis, Sevilla are catching up. Very well. Um, so moving on. Uh, I mean, uh, let's talk about the subject that We've talked about a hundred thousand times, but it just happens every season, and uh, we just have to address that uh, because, uh, despite, uh, I mean, no matter no matter how many times we repeat it, uh, people are still gonna be, uh, you know, asking the same old questions. What does Koke even do? Uh, why is Koke always playing? Why does Simeone never drop him? You know, uh, all of those questions. And then Koke gets injured or suspended or anything. And you get a lack of cre- creativity from Atleti. Uh, they just don't seem to be able to create chances at all. Uh, and we saw that on display both against Rio and uh in the first half against real betis uh Tledi did improve in the second half but still uh so uh just give us your thoughts about you know the importance of captain coke well yeah uh, that's cheeky for me you know given i just i changed my hand to this season from captain coke to <laughs> legal <laughs> well uh, talking about the mo- one of the most important, if not the most important player in Atletico history at the moment, Koke, and that guy is, is like, if you want to feel, I think it comes down to the same which he said about many some some very good players like Busquets and the rest. We say when like say when he's not on the pitch, his absence is felt, and when he's there, it's like he's not on the pitch. So that's Koke for you. When he's there, he kind of give not only his leadership, but you have him improve Aleti's possession value, improve the way Aleti use the ball, improve the way Aleti retain the ball. There are a lot of things he improves for Aleti. It's true he contributes a lot for Aleti on the ball and without him, Aleti don't believe this that I would say, but it's what he brings to the team on the ball. There's a goal against Celta Vigo and without him, that goal does not come into play. You have him playing a ping-pong pass with, I can't recall, but you have him giving a, playing a one-two pass like exchanging passes on the pitch and that is kind of beating players you do that in street football like you kind of players come at you very aggressively and that was the case and that kind of drew certain players to him and that brought put them out of their shape and playing a pass into midfield and then you have a little score and you go at the other end so it is what he brings to the team he is a very intelligent footballer and i think this has been debated online you have maybe journalists like andy west who wrote about him when he break the record number of appearances and you have so many other popular guys like Silo when they talk on the Liga TV, they talk about Koke and you have them saying 
what would have maybe you would have more recognition if he played for clubs that they are managing Barcelona or he went to the Premier League because to be honest, this guy is so intelligent and there are not many like him when it comes to using the ball and that is the issue for Aliti. Should Aliti had brought in Bruno Guimarães seasons ago, then maybe would have not been feeling his impact a lot but Without him, Aliti struggled to build up from the back. Aliti struggled to retain possession. And we are now talking about creativity, and that creativity at the moment lies a lot lies on Griezmann. But with him, he kind of shared that button because he has the eye to see those passes in the game against Club Bruges when he played. You had the link up between Griezmann and Korea, which was going fluently. But you have him as a third player or acting as the wall to facilitate the link up between both of them. So that guy kind of brings a lot to the team with his vision with how he uses the ball, with how he plays passes, with how he understands his teammate. I think one of his, he's so underrated to be honest, and one of his abilities to narrated is his pitch mapping, in knowing where his players are, and also his on the field coaching. For example, in the game against Seville, you have Molina kind of lacking behind, and you have him telling him to push up, and when he's pushing up, you kind of have him telling Lorente to occupy they have spaces that's the channel between the center back and the full back and you have him drifting to ensure that there's stability in attack and defense and you have him pointing his finger to the far side to saul to kind of stretch the piece so those on the pitch coaching will on the pitch coaching will lose that because you have someone who helps the team when they have the ball help the team when they don't have the ball and helps the team retain the ball and also able to tell players what to do or also improve their positioning so it just tells you some of his characteristics we don't have. For example, I am complaining about the fact that we are once we are attacked a lot on the right side. But say I think in the game against Athletic Club, there was an instance where he kind of is telling Renido to push up the piece so that we can kind of stretch them. And you have Renido pushing up to kind of overlap Lima. So we kind of lose that. For example, imagine today he was on the pitch I would just imagine him kind of instructing Saul to kind of stretch the pitch a bit and maybe tell Morata to maybe one of the center backs towards the left side so we can create more space on the right so it's like i would say he's like the representation when we say this man is the embodiment of chulo Simo, i think koke is like cholo on the pitch he's like cholo's brain on the pitch so we kind of lose a lot tactically without him on the pitch and the bad thing is every season we know he has these spells i think two to three weeks where he is going to have his minor injury and within that period the team suffered Thankfully, this season, the only thing we have suffered is just a draw against Rayuan. Hopefully, we don't feel his absence against Leverkusen like we felt so much in the first half against Betis. Very well. Um, so, the only thing left to discuss really is the upcoming uh, game against Bayer Leverkusen uh, in the Champions League. Uh, a home game, which, I mean, usually you'd be happy that it is a home game, but this time I'm not even sure what, what to feel anymore. Um, so, uh, obviously, uh, I think uh this and the game against porta will be the uh, i mean so far uh the most important uh matches matches of the season because uh it'll decide the fate of atletico in the champions league uh and you know whether or not they'll make the knockout stage uh so I, i'm gonna talk about the possible scenarios uh after this uh, match only uh if atleti don't win and Porto do win against uh, Club Brugge, 
then uh, Atleti will be out of the Champions League. Uh, this is if they lose or draw. Uh, if they don't win, but uh, Porto don't win either, uh, then Atleti uh, have to win uh, the last game uh, against Porto in order to progress. Uh, if Atleti uh, win the game and Porto win the game as well, then uh, again Atleti have to win against Porto in the last uh, match day. Uh, if Atleti win and Porto don't win, then uh, Atleti just have to uh, you know get a result against Porto uh, whether they draw or win uh, it doesn't matter as long as they don't lose they'll make the knockout stage uh, so those are the scenarios at the moment uh, obviously uh, the reason why Atleti would progress if they have the same points as Porto uh, is because of the head-to-head uh, -head rule uh, that is uh, if two, two teams are tied uh, you know, have the same points than the uh, the one that has the better record uh, in the matches that uh, you know uh, had both teams uh, playing each other uh, will decide who progresses. And obviously, Atleti won the the home game. Uh, and you know, if they want to progress, then uh, the uh, you know not losing the the final match day uh, will be crucial. So Atleti would, uh, in that scenario, uh, have a better head-to-head -head record against Porto. Uh, so now let's talk about Leverkusen. Uh, I mean, I I'd like to say uh, that uh, you know it should make us optimistic that their uh, their form is poor and they're fifteenth in the league and you know only one point uh, above the relegation zone. Uh, but that was the case the last time they Atleti played them, and we know what happened. Leverkusen won two 0 uh, probably their performance of the season. Uh, now, while Leverkusen are under a uh, a different manager, a familiar face in Xabi Alonso, uh, their form hasn't really improved. Uh, so, uh, yeah, Emmanuel, please take it away. Well. That there has been a change in management and like you said the form hasn't improved and there's not so much change from how they play on the list on um, apart from the fact that Shabi Alonso is I would say someone who's not been by certain way he wants his team to play he's very flexible as he has said and as we have seen in the local scene an issue with his side is that they concede a lot of goals which are which was the same trend with the Leverkusen that face a little bit what happened that day well that's in the past. So the game against Leverkusen, I think he will try to sit in a mid block or a deep block and try to counter attack against Aleti. I think he tries to do the same thing. Um, excuse me, he tries to you try to repeat what um, Club Bruch did against Aleti, but I don't think given the fact that they have DRB, they have Fring Pong and he trying to use the pace of those guys and it's also Callum also they use the pace of those guys or maybe use Sheik as a target man. So I, that's what I think because in the recent games I've seen the goals they considered it's really really easy. It has been easy for the opposition and Aliti, you have a peace man at the moment of fine form and hopefully he's gotten over the Champions League against Club Bridge and then we can see him netting goals because Aliti really needs to win that game and tactically I hope we see an Aliti with a proactive approach. And I'm sure that's what we are going to see given Aliti's backs are against the wall and they know anything other than Invici in that game kind of put them in danger. So hopefully 
Cholo does well in this game and Aletia get the three points that they are needed so that in the game against Porto we know another win will take us through to the next round. Very well. Uh, so, uh, I mean, we, we talked about Griezmann uh, extensively this in this episode. Uh, we have to mention that right now, uh, with his brace against Betis, uh, he now has the third uh, best scoring record uh, for Atletico Madrid, uh, with 147 goals, uh, only two players ahead of him are Luis Aragones, who has 173 goals, and uh, Escudero, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, it's, uh, yeah, it's Adrian Escudero with, with 169 goals. Uh, sorry, uh, Antoine Griezmann has the uh, fourth highest record. Uh, there's Paco Campos uh, ahead of him as well with 158 goals and then Griezmann with 147 goals. Uh, so he's uh, 25 goals behind Luis Aragones and uh, it seems like he's starting to get his, uh, his finishing boots back on. He's starting to have that touch again. Uh, so it, it remains to be seen if he can keep this up and improve, m- maybe, uh, if he can catch up and, you know, uh, break that record, uh, you know, uh, just uh, guarantee his place in Atleti's history. I mean, uh, obviously it's uh, it's guaranteed already, but, uh, you know, it, it'll be massive if he, if he can get his hands on that record. Uh, anyway, uh, last last thing uh you know just to finish this episode uh we we said we'll talk about a a player on loan uh in you know uh at the end of uh, episodes and uh, we'd like to start today uh we'll start with uh, Samuel Lino uh, who's on loan at Valencia and he's really really impressing uh so much uh, he's uh, a left winger uh, atleti could really use one at the moment with uh, you know carrasco having the worst form he's ever had for uh, playing in an atleti shirt uh, and you know uh, again the rumors flying about a possible departure uh maybe in 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 the in the summer maybe in the winter it remains to be seen uh so uh yeah uh emmanuel please give us your thoughts about samuel lino the name on every valencia's fan lip is samuel lino and that's true because you have him right up there in terms of one line matrix with the best in the league that's we have him right up there where we used to see the likes of carrasco and we have in this season we have him up there where we are seeing the likes of Vinicius. First of all, he's I was no, I don't want to say exactly, but he's so similar to Carrasco, but with some differences. And the biggest difference is the fact that he is a very hardworking player and very intelligent defensively. Another one is when it comes to dribbling, he is better than Carrasco in the sense that he is aware of his surrounding, he is able to scan to know when to dribble and when not to dribble and to be honest, I really like the guy and I fall in love with the guy. And one of my favorite, one of his, one of his, one of his movies is my favorite is when he's about to dribble and he takes, I think, one or two seconds to pause, like pause, and before he's able to accelerate and that kind of leave the defender on the ground most of the times. And that kind of turns me on because wow, that guy is really good. And 
he's just incredible. You have him dribbling from the right into the box and creating chances for himself and for others. You, the only issue is, I think when I say a lot of similarity with Carrasco, is is finishing for composure in front of the goal. He's not the best of finishers, but I think he's still young and that's something which can be worked upon. That talking about him is just great because I think he has taken La Liga by storm. His first season in a new league, in a new town, a new country, and you have him playing so well. That's really amazing. And I think he's impressing Cholo a lot. And Cholo has really said he's liking him a lot because you have him doing what Cholo wants from Carrasco this season. But the other sense that he is able to help defensively because in the game against Rayo, Renildo had to face a lot of, I think you have those um, by you, by you, and I think easy because Rayo kind of uses the wit a lot because he, that is their strength. And we had a lot of situations where we had 2v1 against Renildo and Carrasco is not doing his best duty. But if that was Lino, we don't see that. And just to talk about him, he's a guy in which I think for his age, there are a lot of things that we are maturity that will come in maturity, but there are a lot of things that are really amazing because there are a lot of things that he has that I expected Carrasco to have at the moment that Carrasco doesn't have, like I've just mentioned, his awareness when dribbling. He's also a very direct dribbler, a powerful one at that. And he's just explosive. He's one of those players who can get you off your chair, be it in the stadium or at home, because he's just great. And given how Valencia plays, some people may ask, are you sure he's going to have the same freedom or ability and the rest? But I think he is going to have that, given Carrasco has played mainly as a right wing back. And with Renido behind him, he kind of have, he's going to have a lot of chances to boom forward with caring little about defensively. That was what you said when Aleti was about to say Renido and if Aleti can get some money, I think this can be the best summer for Aleti to really, really be smart for once. Hopefully, Cerezo can use his brain and Gil is always calm. Hopefully, he does as well and Aleti can really, really build a very good squad for Cholo, given that they are players like Lino, which Aleti bought very cheap and they are doing very well in La Liga, a league that Aleti is competing in and the best in my opinion his best quality is that on on unbalancing factor he has when he has the boys like you always know he's he's going to do something the same feeling we had with the young carrasco and he's able to unsettle defensive and with carrasco out of form reality are going to struggle a lot against those tenacity and i think in a quote from Pep Guardiola, he said i think this weekend which is the fact that if you don't have players who can go you don't have players who can on balance the opposition defense then and you have those teams who are sitting there and they cannot really move then that will be difficult for you but with Lino next season hopefully then that's something Aleti can use against the likes of Mallorca, Cadiz and then we can have an approach against them which would really 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 benefit Aleti because I'm very honest the whole of La Liga is liking the guy and Gattuso himself is a fan and Valencia have even tried him and they said Aleti have no plan or intention of selling him because Aleti thing is their future. Hopefully, guys like Lino are maybe Aleti trying to have a future long term plan which would be very rare. Very well. Uh, so, uh, unfortunately, uh, you said hopefully Cereza uses his brain uh, for once. Unfortunately, Cereza doesn't, uh, doesn't have a brain, uh, but also he. Uh, also, he uh, has nothing to do with the transfers, so uh, hopefully Gil is the one that, you know, uses his brain for once. Uh, and, uh, I mean, you said a lot of things about Lino, but I stopped uh, hearing anything after you said 
that Samuel Lino, the way, the way Samuel Lino turns the on, I think that sums up very nicely what kind of player he, he is. Um, so let's let's end on that. Let's end on that note. Uh, Emmanuel, thank you so much for joining me today. Well, I'm not turned on at the moment because I'm not watching you know, but it's always a pleasure discussing a little with you. And I really enjoyed this episode talking about tactical changes Aliti has made and also talking about players like Lino. Uh, and of course, thank you guys for staying with us. Remember, get us the kid and see you in the next episode.